We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. friends i'm kirk henderson thank you for once again joining pod maverick after dark tonight i am joined by fellow editor over at mavs moneyball ben zadell how you doing tonight buddy i'm doing good thanks for having me on kirk well i'm glad you joined me because just for full disclosure uh i was attempting to take the night off because i am solo parenting both of my children and then josh had something come up and the decision was made that i would attempt to podcast and so we might have a very odd show here because for those of you who follow along most nights, I have a six, he's now six week old and he is sleeping in his bassinet directly above me. I have a camera here to my left that I'm watching him on. So if I have all of a sudden bolt off the stage in the middle of the show, uh, that will be why. And Ben will carry for a second. I will go get uh, Mr. Grant uh, and he will come join us. Um, angry as hell, probably. But uh, all right, Ben, so the, the the Dallas Mavericks played their fourth game in seven nights. They played the Minnesota Timberwolves. The final score was 119 to one-on-one. I watched this game kind of – this was the most like fan. You know, I was like doing laundry and other stuff while watching the game. This wasn't the closest attention I've ever paid to a basketball game. But to me, this really felt like like two things. Like number one, the Dallas Mavericks were playing their fourth game in seven nights. They were playing without some of their best players. They ran out of gas while also playing one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, it's just one of those games where the the Timberwolves just kind of wore them down over the course of the game. Um, they, in my opinion, the Wolves didn't play super well, but you could just really feel the the Mavericks started off a pretty good run. I can't, I don't have the numbers in front of me as far as like uh, what they outscored them in the first quarter, but then just over the next three quarters, you could just tell that they were running out of gas. And the the Timber, Timberwolves are a really good defensive team. Again, I didn't look up any of the numbers. I was like you, kind of struggling to get. Uh, set up here um but um 
Uh, I know they're really good on defense, and it showed tonight. Again, I know the Mavericks are, you know, fourth game on in, in seven nights, but they yeah, they made life really tough on them. The Mavs got some open shots, I know, um, but you could just tell that there there was some really they're they're a long, big team, and it caused the Mavs problems. Well, the the sort of hilariously definitive stat of the game for me was Nas Reed hitting seven three pointers, and then the Dallas Mavericks hitting seven three pointers. <laughs> so, like by the end of the game, you know, you're looking at this, and you know, the the final score is an is an eighteen point game. Like that's effectively a blowout by range. But the Mavericks were in this game up until elements of the fourth quarter, where they were turning over the ball with like six or seven or eight minutes left, and it's just like. You know, Lively, I, it was so funny. My dad's actually here. Um, he was watching the game with me, and I was telling him about Lively and how good he was. And then Luca makes this one pass to Lively at the top of the key, and Rudy Gobert strips him in the open court. And then starts, and I'm just like, well, if that's the way this game is going to go, and obviously Rudy Gobert is like a former defensive player of the year and probable defensive player of the year with how he's playing this year. But it was so it was just sort of indicative of what the challenge of the game was for the Mavericks because they just they they clearly didn't have enough juice. And at a certain point, you know, the the Kyrie being out is gonna catch up with them. Josh Green being out is gonna catch up with them. You know, there's there's all sorts of stuff that that can really be problematic over time for these Mavericks. Um what did so so you know, beyond sort of our bland takeaways, what were what were sort of the things that, that were most interesting to you about this game? Because I feel like I feel like I learned some things from watching these Mavericks in the sense of I thought, you know, a lot of the games we watched the Mavericks sort of lay down and die last year or not even play to begin with. And so it's like I was telling somebody in another group chat, like, yeah, Luca played 40 minutes for the fourth time in seven, you know, fourth time in a row. Yeah. Um, and the answer is like, well, why? And I, I or the question in response was why? And to me, the answer is very clearly like these guys want to go out and try to win every single game, and yes, they got blown out, but that's something that matters to me. What 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 did, what what did, what else did you see? Yeah, it's a really weird tone shift, even from going back two years, yeah, two years ago to the uh, year they went to the Western Conference Finals. Even that year, they were like these games where it was just you could tell they gave up the game before the day before because they're announcing Luca's not going to play. Uh, you know, or that, you know, hey, these three guys are sitting and they're just not doing that this year. I thought for sure um, he would sit maybe Monday against the Grizzlies or I thought I was kind of surprised he played this game. I thought they would sit him at some point and they're just like refusing to sit him. So I don't know what the exact change in strategy there is other than like you're saying, they're just like, hey, we're we're tired of getting to the end of the year and being kind of, you know, two games back of this or, you know, we need to win three out of the next four to you know, either secure the top four seed or even make the play in or stuff like that. Um, and they're just really trying to get after it early in the season. And that's that's a really – that's a big tone shift going back three or four years where they were they, – they treated – it was almost like they've treated in the past the regular season like they were defending champions. And they're like, hey, look, we just, you know, need to grab a top four seed and just pace ourselves this whole season. And uh, this year they're actually acting like a team that, you know, missed the playoffs last year. It really just wants to get back into the mix. So um, it's a really cool, like you said, a really cool tone shift that they're battling every game. And, and, and even this game, they, they, to me, the Lakers game and this game are like a scheduled loss. Mm-hmm. Yet they still, you know, they fought and won the Lakers game. And they, they, I mean, this turned into a blowout, but it turned into a blowout really late. You know, one of those games where you could tell the Mavs, they could feel it slipping away, and then they just kind of gave up on it. So um, it was a lot closer than the score looks. 
Yeah, and so I scheduled this whole show late. Like I got everything down except I didn't press the actual schedule button. And I noticed that when I came to click into the show and I was like, oh no, this is bad because that normally has an effect. You know, I, I leave the show open and, and people can join early and talk in the comments. And so tonight, a few people joined in the comments within the 10 minutes before the one I scheduled the show. And there's a lot of frustration in our comment section because nobody wants to lose. And I really do. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I think it's interesting, but one of the things that, that I, was just sort of very really worried about i'm getting some interesting audio feedback is that for me yeah no that's my dog actually oh deciding to just he's tip tapping around, around. It's yeah not, it sounds like somebody typing. no and I was like, she, yeah no that's the dog deciding to move all around the room all all of a sudden right now after she's yeah been lying down oh he's been completely hours. still for like 20 minutes before we got on so and it's fantastic okay just i just didn't and, know if it was me or not i was like feeling crazy no no that was me in fact while you go here i'm gonna let him out so that's fantastic so i i normally and i i think i said this during the lakers game i think i mentioned just how mad i expected to be during one of these losses and i'm not necessarily all that disappointed because they came out and played really hard now, I, I have some concerns coming away from this game, but not near as bad as I would have thought. You know, Anthony Edwards played like crap, so that really helped the Mavericks. But, you know, the 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 Wolves destroyed the Mavericks in the preseason, and they're the kind of size-based team that I thought was going to, like, sort of run them out of the room from the beginning of the game. So that the Mavericks were able to battle this much was pretty interesting. And you're going through the box score, and you're looking at um, you're looking at who played like shit frankly, and you can sit there and say, okay, if one of these guys hits one more shot, two more shots, and you guys know who we're talking about. We're talking about our Grant Williams of the world. We're talking about our Derek Jones Jr., who just really had bad games. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. like had his one of his games where you're like straight to the gulag for Timmy H. And it's it's not, I don't know. It's 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 a thing where the fact that we're we're mad about a game that felt like a schedule loss feels like sort of progress for everybody because we had, at this point last year there's a lot of like bargaining going on where it's like oh well you know they'll they'll play better at some point and the Mavericks never really did um which is something and so i don't know i i I'm trying to think like what else would would I would I really want to talk about this game? You know, it's like Luca was once again transcendent, and then I also watched him play like truly horrendous defense. I'm worried that he's gonna miss games in February at the rate that he's picking up technicals as of late. And and I don't like want to harp on the te technical element because you know he, he that's one where like Jason Kidd needs to get a technical for him. Yeah. Like that was such a bad non-call. I don't know what to do. Like, you know, your elbow and your forearm and your soul is not part of the ball. Yeah. It's one of those things where we're, we're, we're kind of tired of talking about it. Mm -hmm. Cause, cause I mean, what, what can you say at this point other than like, he has got to like stop because there's a way again, that's a foul that it was a foul that was not called the, the early, you know, when he got the technical, right? What, at what point in the game did it happen? It was early for, I mean, first quarter, like, you know, not okay. a long, yeah, not long enough for him to be like, oh, this is the 10th time this has happened this game. I'm really frustrated. And it was a blatant foul. But you know it what? Was. At a certain point, you have to, you have to like, as, as a player, recognize that, like, the refs are going to miss some of these calls. That, yep. you know, it's just going to happen. And there's a way to go over there and, and kind of berate the ref and kind of, you know, negotiate, manipulate, whatever, 
even, you know, be angry about it, but there's a way to do that without picking up that tech. And there really is because he just goes from zero to 10 and, and there's a, you know, there's a way to do it. He needs to honestly study like LeBron tape of how to like get in the ref's face, but not get a technical. So, you know, it, it, because it's just getting to a point where it, it's hurting him. I mean, again, we're talking about it when I said I didn't want to talk about it. But No, it's, it, it's it, but it didn't, you know, Luca played one of these games, another just truly remarkably insane stat line, 39 and 13 to go with, let's see here, how many rebounds? Six rebounds. And, you know, he shot the ball terribly from three, which is what it is. So did the rest of the Mavericks. And and you just sort of end up in a place where the Mavericks lose and you walk away and you're like, all right, what more could Luka Doncic do? I don't think there's really much of an answer there. Like, I, I'm seeing some frustration in the comments. And like, you guys know, I tend to get very frustrated with Jason Kidd. I'm not sure what sort of adjustments you're supposed to make when Kyrie Irving is out, when Josh Green is out, even though I am... I don't know how to, I think you're with me on this. Like, I don't yeah. mind not seeing Josh no, Green. Yeah, for me in this game, yeah, for sure. Um, there, the Jason Kidd stuff, this was very, there was nothing wrong really to me in the micro. Um, it, it was more of a continuation of the macro problems mm-hmm. with Jason Kidd. I mean, they, they played like really six guys. If you go look at the the minutes that guys played, that was kind of, kind of weird. But again, they're dealing with a lot of injuries. So there's a couple players that I'm like, you know, like, why didn't this guy, you know, at least throw, let's say, like Rashawn Holmes out there and see what you can get from him? Uh, I'm not the biggest Rashawn Holmes fan, but I mean, like, uh, it just on the third game in four nights, playing like six guys, like the amount of minutes that he did is kind of concerning. Uh, the other thing is you can find it somewhere. I think even uh, Dan Devine uh, out of Yahoo like clipped it. Um, Walker, Alexander Walker on the the Timberwolves actually shouted out like early on what play the Mavericks going to run. This is like mm. first quarter, second quarter, somewhere in there. And he, you can hear the audio, the, the, uh, the game audio picks it up. And he's like, he's out there yelling stack, stack, stack. Um, and basically called out the play that they were going to run before they even got it set up. And so they're, they're, for me, they're a little bit too predictable, which is something I think we complained about last year. That was See, a big thing. The, the predictable nature of, you know, after 20 something games, there, there's there is an element of predictability that comes in because these guys all have tape on one another and like the Minnesota Timberwolves are I don't know if they're if if they aren't the best defense they're one of the best defenses and our guy Matthew Phillips who I think is writing the recap gets really frustrated with kind of the lack of no calls but like the best defense in the league often tends to foul the most and they just don't they get called the least and they play a physical brand of basketball it is what it is but one of the things I think that that we'll see with these Mavericks as the year goes along is hopefully a little bit more evolution of their offense. Like they have things that they don't do and they don't do them because they haven't needed to use them. Yeah. You know, they, they do a little bit of Kyrie Luca pick and roll when they're out there. They do a little bit of Grant Luca pick and roll when they're out there. They utilize the, the, um, the Luca Doncic lively pick and roll more than I ever would have thought they would. And it works really well. And then the Wolves just have enough size to where they don't have to send that double all that often. I mean, Luca got guarded really well by some of their guys tonight. And and he'll have to, you know, if they play the Wolves again and he's a little more rested, you know, he played a good game, but there's elements I'm sure that he wish he had back. Like if you get your pocket picked by slow-mo, that's that's a lot. That's what I was gonna say. Slow-mo played him really well. And if you had asked me, you know, a couple of nights ago or something, like, hey, who are one of the, you know, what 
what would be a good, good guy to guard Luca with? I would never say Kyle Anderson, like not not once, never, but, right? So, ever. But, but he just like stayed with him and just was a big body in front. I I, I forget always how big he is, mm-hmm. um, but he was just a big body in front of Luca and, and stayed with him pretty good. So again, I think if Luca's not you know playing on his like 150th minute of the week, probably um, he probably is, does not struggle as much against Anderson, but. Um, still, I was impressed, but yeah, no, uh, like you mentioned, that that Luka Doncic, uh, Derek Lively pick and roll was it's just fun to watch, man. I and especially with how talented Luka is, that for me, this was just a really fun Luka game to watch. I know there weren't any like any of the crazy like creative passes that we're used to seeing, but it was just really fun the way he he's just able to like manipulate defenses by like moving his eyes. There was one point, I think, late in the second quarter. Um, where he, you know, he ran that pick and roll with uh, Lively, and he was able to get uh, Derek Johnson uh, a shot, a uh, three point corner shot, just by Derek Jones. He, Derek, Derek Jones. Derek I'm Johnson. sorry. Yeah, Derek, Derek Johnson was a Kansas City Chief <laughs> as, as, as a, when I was a child. There, there you go, Derek Jones. Um, uh, <laughs> DJJ. There we go. So, um, but he was able to get him a corner three by. He he went around that pick from Lively, and he just the way he moved his eyes. If you, I think it was like one twenty six left in in the second quarter. If anybody wants to go back and look, um, but the way he he moved the entire defense just with his eyes, and then it was a little no look pass over to the corner. He, uh, Jones missed it, but it was still very cool. You know, just the way he could manipulate the whole three to four guys on the court at one time with just his like head movement. It's it's fun to watch. Oh man. So this is, this is the opportunity in the normal podcast where I take a moment and ask for, for folks to do me the favor and consider liking the stream right now. we got 110 folks in here, which is pretty good for a loss uh, and pretty good for like a weeknight loss against a team that's lesser known, but likes uh, are always very helpful. So if you could go, if I would love to see 110 likes uh, immediately in the stream, it'd be great. Uh, if you haven't considered subscribing to Pod Maverick, go ahead and do so. I need to figure out the mechanics of of how you guys get notified of when we go live because if there's a the ability to get notified every time we go live, I, I if if there is, someone shoot me a message about that. I think once you subscribe to the channel, you have the option, and we go live after nearly every game, usually within fifteen to twenty minutes, sometimes a little more. Um, and according to some of our our viewers, what I'm going to try to do tonight is merge our normal to uh, we have been doing two distinct shows but what i'll do here is punt ben at about a half hour mark take a a, you know a a 30 second break probably re-air our very sweet sweet music uh our pod intro music and then you guys can come up here and join the show and talk to me about basketball we had a really fun time after the lakers game uh just a really good time and i would like it if uh, you guys can you know kind of continue coming up here to talk talk basketball with me we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, okay. What are some, some other elements of this game? Really this season? Like, you know, you've, you haven't been on the show much this been, season I, at all. I haven't been at all. This is the first time this season. Oh, well, so, uh, you been know, on a podcast to... hiatus. Well, I think that's also your liking. Cause I was like, Hey, let's stay up late. And you're like, do I want to, do I want to, <laughs> I got to give my beauty rest. That's right. So, uh, you know, uh, is, is there anything else kind of from this game? Because I'm, I'm trying not to overreact to it. And I also don't really, you know, it's like, Tim Hardaway has a bad game. Tim Hardaway was due for a bad game. I yeah. mean, shout out to being negative 30 and 32 minutes. <laughs> that's that's remarkably impressive. Um, but I'm trying to trying to think yeah. if like there's anything else worth really honing in on on this one. Uh well, I can drop a hot take here. Uh we shouldn't really be that concerned because the Mavs just lost, you know, their their game in four nights to a team that's gonna make the Western Conference Finals this year. So um, you know, like what are you gonna do? That's uh I think they're that good. I think they're that strong and the Mavs are, you know, second round exit maybe at best. So, um, I mean, I, I, I can't get upset about a, a team like that, you know, losing to a team like that early in the season on such a bad schedule. Um, I'm not going to sit here and rant about the NBA schedule. The fact that, you know, the Mavs play, what was it like six games in like 16 days and now they've crammed, they're going to cram a bunch of games into like 20 days. It's, my friend Aras, who who uh, runs some of the stuff over at DNVR, said today that if you want to talk, like almost all NBA storylines are schedule based. Yeah, because he said the Nuggets have played a really crazy first twenty something games, and then they get you know kind of an easy schedule the rest of the way, which is which is really something. And so I don't know. I I've you know this season as a whole, I've really had a good time. I've not been super stressed out about it. I think some of that has to do with sort of where I am in my in my personal life. But you know, they they've they've got enough playable guys to where most nights are interesting. I mean, we we should be we should be talking more about the fact that Kyrie Irving hasn't, you know, he got hurt. And you know, like before Kyrie Irving was re-signed to the Mavericks, one of the things that kept getting brought up over and over by people who didn't want the Mavericks to sign Kyrie was like, look, the guy's injury prone, but not in like a he is a person who is like a injured body. It's more somehow, some way with the way he plays, he ends up hurt in very weird fashion. And what do you know? Dwight Powell injured Kyrie Irving in very weird fashion. So, you know, if if he's able to come back at any point this like in December, I think the Mavericks should kind of count themselves lucky. Um, it's it's really it's just been the the kind of season so far to where I'm having a hard time getting particularly jazzed about certain stuff. Like my friend Harold just shot me a message and he's saying, "Man, the Mavericks, you know, the the, the Maverick um, Jason Kidd only played Dante Exum like the, he played him like the sixth most minutes in the first half or something like that." What's he say here? And that's the sort of thing that on in a losing. Um, 
let's see, yeah, six most minutes, 12 minutes in the first half when he's a, you know, probably a starting guy. And he was a plus 16 in those minutes. I get it, and it, but it's just at the same time with how many injuries they, this team has had to what you would assume were their rotation guys, the fact that they are where they are feels nothing short of remarkable. Like, yeah. I'm not a big Jason Kidd guy. I'm never going to be a big Jason Kidd guy, ever. He's been in my life since I was 13. I mean, I had his poster up on in my room. It's, But now I'm just like kind of over him as a coach, but at the same time, what do you do? Like, the team is winning. What sort of criticisms can we really be leveling? Like, I'm just having... I'm just having a good. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, they're beating the bad teams, and that's been such a like problem for them. Again, going back to you know, like we talked about with them punting games, um, and that was the problem with them punting games is because they were losing to teams that they should have beat. So they're not doing that anymore. So it, it, it has that feeling of like, hey, they're actually like a solid team, and it, it, when they're not losing these awful games where it's like, hey, you know, the the tanking pistons are you know missing their two best players and somehow the maps still find a way to lose um you know they're not doing that anymore so it's fun you know uh and and then there's just a like i think we got so used to over the last couple of years just that whole um you know trying to produce open threes pro produce open threes and they're still doing that but now they've got Kyrie Irving he he does a little bit more than just stand out there and shoot um, they've got a couple guys, you know, Exum can actually dribble and, you know, make some plays. So they're just, a, it's a different team. So it feels refreshing, I guess, is, is the best way to put it. They're, they're winning games that they're supposed to win and it's looking a little bit different. They finally, you know, sw- like shuffled the lineup uh, and did it in a good way. Um, there's good young players. It's a fun team. So I, I just, I'm like you, I, I, I can't get mad about games like this where like, I feel like they should have lost the Lakers game. They pulled out a win. Uh, they probably should have lost this one too, honestly, and they were, you know, kept it close. So um, I'm, I, it's just hard to get upset about uh, watching Luca play like this, and then, um, you know, they're I like third, fourth seed or something like that. I think I checked earlier today; they were the third. They were, seed, they were third so. before the loss, yeah. and they probably bumped back just because the West is really yet to separate yeah. itself at this point. I think if I was to really like issue one sort of criticism, it would be like I need grant williams to buck the fuck up already <laughs> like you know lo- local man like who goes out tweeting batman photos and all this stuff about how cool he is i just i just you know don't do that don't do like i i will be less critical if you don't act the fool like because you're go ahead well i i just think he's kind of like on the the tim hardaway experience you know because i think the lakers game he played really good at, i think he hit like 19 points something he was like amazing that. yeah that was so, the first ga- amazing game he'd had you know since thanksgiving like thanksgiving yeah. i mean it's been a while i just think he's going to be that type of player as well he's pretty young too i think 24 25 years old so he's still you know he's got growing up to do there um i i don't think you know there's not going to be some huge leap in his future yeah but i mean what i mean is growing up just getting a little bit more consistent but again you look at tim hardaway jr he's 31 32 and that's just kind of his thing he's more consistent than grant williams of course he takes the occasional shot and does the thing like the person like you know we're too old to play pickup now but it's like when somebody who takes a terrible shot and pick up and then is like my bad my bad after taking the <laughs> terrible shot and it's like yes it was your bad never do that again right like he shot a 15 foot air ball that hurt me physically yeah. and i'm just like what are we what are we doing and you know fan 123 just says in the chat uh you know grant williams plays defense so that's why he gets time on the court but he definitely cost us a win tonight i mean he was part of, of the costing of the win like we can't lay everything at his feet but it's just there i i 
I took issue with him before, like when he was a Celtic, because he, he kind of plays, you know, there's a there's a WWE element to the NBA that can be really, really fun if you're in the right headspace for it. But then if you're if if you're not, if you just want to watch like basketball for the sake of basketball, it can really drive you nuts. And Grant Williams is a little bit theatrical in sometimes the best ways and other times the worst ways. So it's like two days ago. He is posting that tweet with, you know, Batman returns with all this stuff. And it was very funny. And then he comes out and posts a two for 11. Yeah. I'm just like, mm, yeah. You know, no. I, I guess in my mind, it's, it's guys like that. You know, they're the reason they were affordable. He's affordable for the Mavericks is because of uh-huh. stuff like that. You know, he's just not going to be consistent. If he was consistent in like, you know, those Tuesday games, then they would have had to pay him 20 to, you know, like Jalen Brunson money almost, you know? So I mean that that's that's what you get when you're paying a guy what 12 13 million a year or so. Right. Right. Um, that's the reason why he was available. I know. Well, it's, it's, it's I, I think he's one of those guys that you you hope in the playoffs that he gets hot for like 6 weeks. Yep. You know, uh, over the course of a long season you're going to find out why he was gettable. So, so let me let me ask you something and we're we're close to wrapping up and then we'll we'll carry on to the to the live show where other folks can uh, can come up here and join and talk with me. Last night we were uh, last night after the the Lakers game. There's a lot of kind of conversation about like trade stuff as we got deeper and deeper into the conversation. And I am never good at trades. I also have settled on the fact that I think this team is just going to be small, and I think anything they give up takes away from what has gotten them to this point. Like there's a when Tim plays a bad game most of us want to trade Tim. <laughs> but I also really think that Tim Hardaway is is a X factor in when he's hitting some of the garbage shots that he takes, he helps break the offense wide open. So I don't really, like, there's nobody to, to replace that role on the team. You know, yeah. it's not going to be Seth Curry. It's just not. Um, he's not that kind of shooter. He's also smaller. So yeah. I, I, I just, while I would like to see them make a trade, I also don't see... You, they only have one first round pick available to them right yeah. now. Um, I think if they do that, they are basically they, they, that's the last thing they do yeah. you know, for a while. And so I'm not ready for that. So it's like I, I would rather them hold on to that pick and then see if that opens up of their stuff down the road. Do you have any real? Do you have any like additional like like trade related thoughts or where where do you fall on this? I no. should know this because you write for our site. We've not really <laughs> talked about it. No, no, it really because I mean like I'm like you. There's really nothing to talk about in my opinion. They don't have anything to trade. Uh, it, it's it's fun to sit here and say like oh they've got you know Hardy and they've got uh, maybe Prosper. I, I can't imagine them trading Prosper uh, or you know he's just too raw at this point and, and one first round pick i don't think they have any second round picks even maybe they've got one no, they got a I, whole bunch as part of the grant williams deal. oh okay there you go so but i don't uh, remember but, where they fall but but again you can sit there and say oh they have this this and this but it doesn't matter what they have it matters what can they beat someone else's package you know so anybody that you would get like excited about they just really can't afford as far as like mm-hmm. trade assets so i really just haven't put anything yeah I'm, i haven't spent much time thinking about it because there's just really not much yeah. there so uh I'm, but i'm like you yeah everybody wants to like trade tim he, he's the only guy that they have that really moves on offense if that mm-hmm. makes sense. like he's running around off screens and pin downs and stuff like that and he's really the only guy that they have that can shoot off of movement like that you know so i i really it would it would change the offense i mean now now granted you could sit there and make the argument that if they pulled somebody back you know if they if they got somebody back for him that was better on defense maybe that changes the team for the better 
and you can afford, you know, sustain that offense, that offensive drop that you would have by not having Tim out there, mm-hmm. uh, which is a good bet because you've got Doncic and Irving, you know, so uh, that might be really, you know, worth the bet. But again, you got to be like sure about that. I think if you're the Mavs for an office, if and plus again, I don't know. I think does does Hardaway have one more year left next year? Yes, this is year three. And, it's the yeah, 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 and it's a pretty cheap. So I mean, like maybe somebody just wants to clear some books and and get somebody. I don't know. I just can't. I can't imagine them pulling off a trade with Hardaway that would just change the course of this team significantly. Even if you add somebody like Hardy. Um, so I just really don't have a ton of. I, I'm like you. I would just rather them just kind of roll with this team. It's a good team. It's probably not good enough to, again to get to like a Western Conference Finals. Um, but it's a good team, you know. I think they'll they'll make the playoffs pretty easily, and um, maybe make some noise depending on the matchup they get. So, so let me ask you something stupid that I should know the answer to as a person who has ran, um, who runs our freaking website. When do the Mavericks play again? Uh, ooh, that is a good question too. Uh, I believe Saturday. Saturday. Okay, so here's likely what's to happen here so we're gonna we're gonna take a a brief minute long ish break and then we're gonna resume with our fan show here uh for those of you listening to the audio feed that will be posted at some point friday afternoon that will be mavs uh or group therapy since the mavericks lost um you can head over to mavsmoneyball.com and find all the things you know that that we have been writing over the last few weeks. Jason Kidd actually referenced uh, Meta Robinson's piece <laughs> in pregame, which was pretty freaking fascinating. That was uh, the best. That was fa- and it wasn't like derogatory. It's just like I was reading this, and I yeah. I, I, I think that sort of stuff is super cool. Um, yeah, she's a huge add to the website. So oh gosh, she, yes, she, she's awesome. Yeah, so there's there's stuff you know we, we've written a fair amount of things the, the last the last week just with games back and that's kind of how it ends up working over at uh, Mavs Moneyball. So if you'd consider meandering over there and looking at that, Ben, do you have do you have anything uh, else before I uh, before I punch you? Uh, no, uh, you know, I had a good time tonight, so I appreciate the chance to come on and talk about it. So all right, all right, guys, if you'll go ahead and hold on here in the show, we will be right back, and I will figure out how to edit some of this stuff. Those of you listening on the audio stream, thank you so much for your time. Uh, my, I am Kirk Henderson. This has been uh, Pod Maverick After Dark. We will be right back with our um edition of let's see here what do we call it group therapy everybody just hold tight it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 